Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. Hi there, this is Fei Wu, and I am the host and creator of Face World podcast since its launch in 2014. And this is part of a mini series for about podcasting. Today's subject is one hidden gem to increase podcast engagement with zero budget. And I, this topic has come up over and over again. A lot of people have asked me about this. On one hand, uh, disclaimer, we are certainly not the Tim Ferriss or the NPR type of podcast. We do not have 300 million downloads and that's not something we can brag about. But even for most podcasters in the middle who don't have a significant following or who don't have insane amount of ad budgets to drive traffic to their websites, to their podcasts, people do struggle in terms of how to increase awareness in general. Downloads alone is something I do not believe in. I think it will discourage you from doing anything creative, right? Whether you're an artist or a blogger, it doesn't just apply to podcasters. And we happen to have a single number we can look at. So uh, what this post intends to do is to help you understand uh, ways that you can organically grow your show. So let's get started. When I started Face World in 2014, I knew very little about audio production, but I did know a thing or two about growing an audience because of working as a digital producer for an entire decade before that. In recent conversations with other podcasters, I casually unveiled a tactic I've been using consistently since the inception of Face World to increase my podcast awareness and engagement. Most people have not heard of me and I love interviewing unsung heroes. Therefore, getting the word out isn't trivial. In many ways, it actually becomes more difficult, right? If your aim is to interview people like Seth Godin, like Tony Robbins uh, throughout, the, the chances of that to get out at the beginning may be easier. But over time, it's actually also not a great tactic because those people are overexposed and there's so many podcasts and blogs and TVs about them. So um, overall, you get pretty washed down quickly too. I hate gimmicks and growing downloads alone, like I said earlier, didn't appeal to me. So this approach you're about to hear is for those of you who want to grow your podcast in the long run. There is no quick fix. The one prerequisite I want to clarify is that uh, you need to have guests on the show to maximize the strategy and impacts of what I'm about to tell you. Though alternatively, if you're a one man or one woman show, but you discuss other people and topics, I can see some of the methods will work in the same manner. Give them a shot. Let me know your feedback, please. So what is the one hidden gem? It's pretty simple. You need to proactively reach out to organizations, schools, groups, and people and tell them about when the episode comes out. Now, one thing to say is how do you reach out to organizations and schools and, and groups? 
uh, sure, uh, old-fashioned email will work. You can go to their websites and find info at you know something like that, sort of uh, email and a general inbox. But these days, it's actually very, very effective to reach out to these organizations and schools and groups and even people directly through social media, such as Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. So let's talk about what's uniquely awesome about this approach, because you have full control over how you want to execute each and every step, and you have a good chance of significantly increasing engagement for your show. This is also different than rely on your podcast guests network, meaning you interviewed Joe Schmo and you want Joe Schmo to share the episode with his family and friends, you know, that sort of thing, which also helps because if your guest has a large audience and offers to share your episode with them, always say yes and thank you. However, in cases where they don't have much leverage, this article will help you signal your content and build an audience that didn't exist before. Number one, organizations your guests are associated and affiliated with. For example, one of the guests we interviewed is Ajit George, who is the director of operations at Shanti Bhavan. Ajit has his own Facebook and Twitter account. Uh, roughly, uh, he had at the time about a year ago over a thousand followers, but he's also affiliated with Shanti Bhavan because he works there. And Shanti Bhavan has nearly 4,000 followers. Simply by tagging both accounts, when I shared my episode on Twitter, it was retweeted and shared to a combined 5,000 people. Now, we're not going to get into all the tactics in terms of how often they need to share because that's something that you you can't really control. Uh, yes, if the organizations decide to share more repeatedly, you know, when the episode first came out and later on, you know, every week, every two weeks, that will be great. That is something that you can negotiate and remind them of, but ultimately whether to do it or not is up to them. And some of that has to be uh, adjacent to their brand guideline. Some of, the some of the organizations have so many different posts and stories to share, so yours might not get repeated all that often. But here are the key takeaways. Shanti Bhavan is a not-for-profit organization. Though it doesn't have a massive following on social media, the engagement I've witnessed uh, have been very intimate and authentic. So that really counts. Another example is from an interview we conducted with Dr. Vicki Jackson, Chief of Palliative Care, and Dr. David Ryan, Chief of Oncology, both at Mass General Hospital in Boston here. On the day our episode was released, I sent a tweet tagging MGH General News. The official Twitter handle for the hospital with nearly 40,000 followers. By the way, I did not expect MGH or Mass General to share the episode with their audience, but they did. The reason is because for hospitals and you know some of these organizations can be very strict, very serious about what they put out there. Uh, in this case, I have worked with them before, worked with them meaning have interviewed Dr. Jackson before, so maybe there was a little bit of trust there. In addition to that, MGH Cancer Center, as you know, some of the organizations have smaller handles specific to uh, their departments. MGH Cancer Center has nearly 4,000 followers and they also retweeted our episode. The key takeaway here, official Twitter handles and Facebook pages for established organizations often will not share your episode directly, but it's still worth a try. All you have to do is to share, you know, package your episode in a friendly message 
Hi there, I've recently interviewed one of your alumni or one of your employees, so-and-so, and I would really appreciate that you share this with your audience. And you can even include a couple of bullet points of what you talked about and the nature of your podcast. If you want, it doesn't have to be long. Let's see what happens. Even if they don't share your episode, there's a good chance they will like or comment on your tweet, which helps increase awareness for your show anyway. Don't forget those hashtags either. In addition to your episode URLs, in particular on Twitter, Twitter handles, don't forget to include hashtags which connect people with common interests. Are you worried about too many characters for a single tweet? Here's the good news. Twitter officially expanded its character count to 280 as of November 2017. It's been a while, but still some people don't really know that. Prior to this change, I struggled a little bit trying to fit everything in. Uh, don't be like me, you aren't constrained to write only a single tweet per episode. In fact, if you could construct several variations of the same tweet, that is yet another tactic to increase engagement. Though with a character increase, I don't see much difficulty in having multiple Twitter handles, additional text and hashtags. Uh, with that said, keeping your tweets relatively short and digestible is recommended. I want to give you a little booster here. Number one, tweet template. I learned this trick from Dory Clark. When Dory launched her book, uh, she has three books, but the most recent one was launched uh, in October 2017, and uh, Face What happens to be a chapter inside of it. We're very proud. When she released that book, she sent out a simple Word document to all the podcasters who interviewed her. And by the way, there were more than 100 people, more than 100 shows. She gave them the Word document with already written tweets, and they're all really well written. So it was a no brainer for us to take it and just use it directly, save us so much time. And it was brilliant. So imagine if you could construct something like that, maybe if you can't do it for all your episodes, uh, consider doing something for the most downloaded ones, top 10, top 20 to start and share that out with uh, organizations and people and groups so they can use it too. Booster number two, share your episode more than once. We already talked about that of recycling tweets, uh, not just tweets, but also messages on Facebook. You know, we made the mistake of sharing everything only once for the first couple of years. And uh, needless to say, you know, a lot of the content, uh, you know, for Phase World, I know for many other podcasts, they're evergreen content. So you're more than welcome to share them more than once. And also remember some of the holidays too, right? Women's Day, for example, maybe that's when you can boost all the female interviewees that you had on your show. Number two, other organizations and people who may be interested in your guest or your content. So this is outside of direct uh, affiliations between your guests and these uh, organizations. So what we mean by this is instead of only limiting your outreach to organizations uh, your guests are affiliated or associated with, you can take it to another level by connecting with those who you think might be interested in listening. Tagging and reaching out to people who you are already connected with will yield a very high engagement because the trust is already there. For example, after I interviewed Helen Chung about uh, being a working mom, uh, dealing with postpartum and giving birth to three young children, so many of the young mothers, you know, when this came out a couple of years ago, so many of my female friends who just uh, gave birth to their first child uh, listened to this episode and shared invaluable feedback. 
Several of them became even, I call, quote-unquote ambassadors of the episode and enthusiastically shared it with their connections as well. If you decide to reach out to third-party organizations who know nothing about you, you will need to curate a message. It can be short and sweet and let them know why they should listen and why you choose to share with them in the first place. Sounds like work, right? No doubt. But you can build relationships in the process and connect with a wider audience. I think this is especially, especially helpful if your podcast is very focused and has a narrower focus, honestly, compared to Phase World, right? If it's about passive income, if it's about how to set up nonprofits, um, when you reach out, when you build these connections, they could even become, you know, business relationships or clients later on. Number three, Facebook groups. This is incredibly powerful. Facebook groups are fantastic tools to connect people with similar interests and root for the same causes and people who graduate from the same schools. There are a lot of common interests and that's why Facebook groups exist. I interviewed a few people from my Alt MBA cohorts in 2017, including Gustavo Serafini, Angelina Akanyami, and, and, and more recently, Lisa Gaida and Helena uh, Escalante. So I decided to pose these episodes in our alumni Facebook group of just about 1,600 people, not too many, but the members are very engaging and uh, they engage with the post right away because our guest names and their faces are very relevant and recognizable. Another example is with Lisa Lefford, whom I interviewed on a much earlier episode. Uh, Lisa is a physician at Mass General and a graduate from Newton North High School many years ago. After posting her episode in the rather big Newton North High School Facebook group, uh, roughly 5,000 members, several of her classmates commented right away and they were so thrilled to learn uh, more about her, uh, you know, news, events, whereabouts. So if you were to share your episode inside a much larger group, for example, 5,000, 10,000 or more, chances of that engagement will likely decrease. Some of those groups even don't allow you to do that. Um, you know, they don't want uh, you to come across as promoting your own content too, too much. But you never know. If you position the message correctly, they may just pick it up. Number four, discover and comment on already popularized content related to your content. So BJ Miller's episode is still one of my favorites of all time on FaceWorld. Long before BJ was invited to join me, he had already appeared on TED Talk, Oprah, and other major channels. For example, his TED Talk had at the time received over 6.5 million views. So I decided to leave a comment on uh, YouTube as well as the TED Talk page and engage with several people there. These simple acts drove significant engagement. I'm not sure why this was successful, but I assume it was because TED Talk and most TV interviews are short and BJ's followers were eager to learn more about him via format of a for example, a podcast and long-form conversations. In conclusion, I practice these things, as I mentioned uh, before, with zero budget since the launch of FaceWorld. Have I always been disciplined enough to go through every single step for every potential uh, audience, uh, for every episode? Of course not. But it helps tremendously to have these tricks in the back and use them appropriately to grow my engagement. I hope your engagement soon as well. Podcasting is a labor of love. Once an episode is launched, don't hide it. You must do everything you can with the time you have to celebrate and share with others. There's no shame in that. 
So what are your thoughts?、Um, was this helpful? And what other tips and tricks would you like to learn? And、uh, please share them with me. I am again available at FaceWorld everywhere: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also draw me a note, old email, fashion way, Fei F E I at FaceWorld dot com. Look forward to hearing from you. <laughs>